I'm not going to sound all professional like you. It's not about sounding professional. You're listening to Clearly Unfiltered, a regular short... Hey, stop barking. We're trying to do a recording here. Listening to Clearly Unfiltered, a regular short form podcast in which Bruce, my atypical aging dad, makes as if he knows things. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. So here it is, uh, Clearly Unfiltered. And uh, as I promised in the preview to the season, hopefully a little more authentic, a little less scripted, a little more real. I don't know about you, but I gave up a long time ago trying to make New Year's resolutions or stick to them. And I think that's probably a common thread and a trend for a lot of folks these days. But what I have been doing, and it might seem fairly cheesy, uh, but I try to choose a, a word for the year. And my word for this year is authenticity. And so I'm hoping even this season... Uh, of Clearly Unfiltered. I don't know how many episodes there'll be. I've got some cool stuff lined up. I've got some people who've agreed to be guests, which I'm really excited about, but I'm not going to share too much of that until uh, everything is tied up and those episodes are recorded. And I'm going to try and get these out regularly. But as you know, and I know, life sometimes takes over. Um, But I'm grateful for those of you who listen to this, who send me messages of support who say that the stuff I speak about resonates with you. So I thought I'd start off season two by sharing 22 things that stood out for me in 2022. It just seemed like a good way to open some of the conversations that I want to have this season. I'm not going to go into huge detail with these, but I'm going to share a little bit of where I'm at. The first thing that I've learned is that I have to be more authentic and I have to live more authentically. And that's my why my word for 2023 is authenticity, because for far too long I've been living how other people expect me to live. And for those of you who know me, that connects particularly to my history in evangelicalism. And I think even folk who knew the church, Bruce, the Christian Bruce, the evangelical Bruce, those folks still see me in the same light. And so often when I meet with people who have known and understood me like that, and I still love many of those people and enjoy spending time with many of those people, there's an assumption that I think and believe the same that they do. And for too long, I feel like I haven't been authentic and real about where I'm really at, and it scares me sometimes to be real and open, but I can't live that double life anymore. The first episode I ever released of Clearly Unfiltered spoke about my mental health journey and my journey to getting my diagnosis in January last year of obsessive compulsive disorder, and that connects with a lot of other neurodivergent and neurodiverse traits. And 2022 was really a journey for me in terms of embracing who I really am and understanding who I really am and learning to accept my neurodiversity for what it is, but also 
trying to understand how to live in a way where my neurodivergent traits don't negatively impact other folk, but it's been a tough journey. So that's number two. The third thing that really stands out for me in 2022 is the fact that spirituality and faith are far broader than the evangelical Christian box I once called home. I don't really know what to call myself, and I'm glad that I don't have a label or feel that I need to subscribe to a label anymore. And I certainly feel drawn towards understanding spiritual things, and I'm drawn to the idea of faith, but I think it has grown outside of the church and outside of the limitations of evangelical theology. I think there's been a freedom that I've never felt before. Uh, so really enjoying that. Another thing that I learned really has a lot to do with my privilege. And I've realized that being an ally, standing in solidarity with people, so being an anti-racist, being against homophobia, being actively anti-transphobic is an active pursuit. It's not a social media post, which I have done a lot of. It's not a podcast like this. It's about actively doing things that will shift and change the way people see things. I've had to stand up in public gatherings and say some unpopular things and that's not easy but if we really are going to be allies and say that we stand in solidarity with folk we have to be willing to act the fifth thing that i learned or has stood out for me is the whole idea of leaning into the relationships with people who understand my journey and that's even with folk who might differ with me two of my very very best friends are strong christians in the evangelical tradition for example and and both of those actually they're three folk who come to mind but all three of those people are people who stand out to me as really safe people and who hold space for my journey. So even though I can say things to them that might be controversial in their evangelical context, there is a willingness to see beyond that and see me for who I am and see my journey for who I am. And I think I've wasted a lot of time in my life really caring a lot about what people who don't really care about understanding me. I care. I've spent way too much time caring about what they think. And the sixth thing is connected to that. And this might seem controversial because a lot of people say like being a good friend is about being intentional and putting in a lot of effort. But I've realized as my friendships have grown less as I get older, which my therapist once said to me is kind of a natural trajectory. So... I mustn't sort of sweat that. But I really believe that the best friendships are low maintenance, that they're based on this like mutually effortless connection that one doesn't have to prescribe to a certain way of being or seeing, see each other often or even text each other often, but that there's just a real deep understanding that we are important to each other as friends. The seventh thing of the 22 that I've learned is that a big part of my journey to mental wellness and well-being to a place of wholeness is about normalizing the fact that men struggle with mental health. And I think 
I've had a sense as people have given me feedback that as I am more vulnerable about my own journey with mental health struggles and I'm, as I'm more open about that, it is freeing and encouraging for other men. And so I'm not saying mental health or mental well-being is, is a men's problem per se, but I think the problem with men's mental health issues is that we don't talk about it enough and we don't acknowledge enough that men are struggling with their mental health and we don't provide the, the kind of channels from really early on with boys um, for them to be able to give expression to how they're really feeling. Connected to that is number eight, which is the fact that therapy is not an ad hoc activity. It's a long-term regular necessity. And I've had this sort of recurring theme in my life where I'll go to therapy and I'll feel good again and then I'll just sort of quit for a bit. And I've realized that actually for me to be whole and to be fully engaged in um, life in the way that I want to be, that I have to commit to therapy full-time and make peace of the fact that my relationship and connection with therapy and my therapist is for life and that is something that i need to make space for it's something i need to budget for it's something i need to make time for and it's something i need to be constantly aware of and not run away from my psychiatrist said to me at our last meeting he said to me bruce your meds manage your obsessive compulsive disorder they manage your ocd they help you show up in the world in the way that you want to. They help you be less reactive. They help you to be more chilled about things that don't really matter. But they don't take your obsessive compulsive disorder away. It was kind of a poignant moment because there was a sadness to that in the sense that while I'm learning to accept who I am, the person I want to be and how I want to show up, that's the the times that are good when I'm on my meds and the meds are working really well and I'm feeling good is, is those are times to be celebrated. But, but that doesn't mean that my real mental health struggle is, is gone. The 10th of the 22 has to do kind of with my faith journey again. And, and these same themes, I think will crop up this season as maybe they did last season. And I'm hoping those of you are wrestling with some of the things will, will resonate to learn or, um, or, or find some comfort in, in maybe listening to some of my journey. But I'm finally okay with saying that I've broken up with evangelicalism. I, I think it's really because I don't identify with that brand of theology anymore. So there might very well be things in the Christian tradition that still resonate with me, but there's a lot of that theology that, that re I really struggle with and that I've unpacked and that I don't believe anymore. And I think I'm finally... Uh, okay with coming out and saying that explicitly like that and not just alluding to it i think this is this is a big one and i realized that the other day when i was reflecting on an interaction i had with my family and for those of you who don't know i am the only male person in my house and i had to take a step back and i realized that the way I was responding or acting or showing up in a situation had so much to do with the fact that I defaulted back to my patriarchal upbringing. And I realized that so much 
of showing up in the world in the way that I want to has to do with constantly and actively challenging my privilege as a cisgender hetero white man. It's a constant work in progress. I can never say that I have reached a point where I will not default back to being patriarchal or homophobic or racist. Although those are things that I never want to be, I realized quite intensely in 2022 that those are things that I will constantly and actively need to rage against. Connected to that is that being an activist for inclusion, whether that be for racial equity, acceptance of folks' gender identity, sexual expression, being an activist for those things is not, as some people are saying, some sort of work leftist agenda. As much as people want to throw that label on me, for me, being an ally, being affirming, being an activist in those spaces is all about actually just trying to be a good, kind, caring and loving human being. Then, as, as some of you know, I'm a parent and I've, I've been thinking a lot about parenting. I'd love to have a deeper conversation about this sometime. I've been a parent for 18 and a half years now. And at best, I can probably say that parenting is simply a hack. Um, every day, I just make loads of mistakes. I, you know, I think all of us who are parents, we figure it out as we go along. And we, there's so much pressure, I think, to be a picture of perfection as a parent. And it's just not possible. And I've realized through that, that if I manage to love my kids well and hold space for them and their journeys, um, then hacking it is actually okay. Number 14, I've realized that sometimes I'm still a real asshole. My neurodiversity paired with the patriarchal legacy um, that I grew up in, the racist legacy, particularly against the backdrop of South Africa, um, and what it meant to be raised as a white male in South Africa uh, under apartheid and and what that taught me. Uh, like I said earlier, it's often so easy to default back to those things. And I realize that when I do default back to some of those things, I can be a real asshole. And that's something that I need to work on. The number 15 is is one I've struggled with for ages is no matter how often people tell me that I'm doing a great job or I'm in, I'm an encouragement or I've done something amazing I always feel like I haven't I always feel like I'm an imposter and I've started telling myself that I'm enough 16th thing that I realized and these aren't in any particular order by the way but the 16th thing I realized is I really need to develop a healthier relationship with food and this is one that I'm wanting to unpack more in therapy this year but it's been a lifelong struggle like I freaking love food but I've realized I love food because of the comfort that it brings me I've realized that there are times when, when I'm at my lowest, what I do is I'll open my mouth and I'll put food in. Um, and I don't feel necessarily good afterwards, but at the moment it fills something and I need to figure that out. The 17th thing that I have to mention 
at the end of 22, I celebrated 25 years of marriage with Yolanda. And I think I'm just super fortunate to have my best friend as my partner. And I know a ton of people don't have that. And I, I'm mindful of that. But I think it would also be a disservice to her holding space for me to not mention that. I also realized that I love creating things and maybe that's what this podcast is about. Like even if no one listens, I think I just like making things, making things out of nothing. I love conceptualizing stuff and bringing that stuff to light. And I, I've realized that I think all of us need to do more of what makes us happy. Number 19, yeah, and I think you will all agree with this, but life is Life is hard. I think life is hard for all of us. No matter how good you have it, life can be tough and it can throw you curveballs. 2022 certainly had its fair share of curveballs for me and for our family. And I think because life is hard, like the healing is hard sometimes. It's kind of like Blue Eyes says. That healing fucking hurts sometimes. I wish I would have known. I probably would have closed my eyes. Waited till it was all over. It gets better till it just gets worse. Full time job isn't this much work. I know that I'll survive. But healing fucking hurts sometimes. Then number 20, and we're almost done because I said it's 22 things, but bear with me. I've learned that you know, if we're willing to listen to others and to hear others' stories without being defensive, without having knee-jerk reactions, particularly to listen to the voices on the margins, I truly believe that those voices can make us better people. 21st thing that stands out for me is that I need to know when to walk away. I've learned that one of the ways my OCD manifests is I just can't let things go. And I'll be like a bull terrier, I'll just hang on for dear life. And I've learned that I need to know when to walk away from things. It's not an option to just keep flogging a dead horse or to stay angry forever or to want to be right or to to ruin relationship over doggedly persisting to be heard and then I think as we all get older we are all more and more aware of of how fragile life is and how fleeting life is and so the 22nd thing the 22nd thought that I had in 2022 is that I only have this moment and it's this moment that matters and it's this moment that counts and it's in this moment that I can make a difference, make a change, make the world a better place. So that's it. I'm grateful to those of you who do listen to this and who do give me feedback.